and we named it after our star attraction. Shady nasties? Good dynasties, asshole. Whatever. Podcast week two recap this time, and I'm joined by Mr. Sabernuts himself, Sam Pensick. So Sabernuts. Where did Sabernuts come from? Uh, Sabercat's my nickname. I got huge nuts. Sabernuts. No, Arthur Smith has huge nuts. After uh, going for it on fourth and short, when uh, down yeah, two points in, in, on like the 22 or whatever we were on. Terrible call in my mind at the time, but I love it now. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I hate it at the time, but thinking about it, okay, we go for it. We don't get it. You need a defensive stop. You do get it, you know, and score. You're eventually going to need a defensive stop. So I, I don't know. But, um, yeah. but anyway, we're not talking about that, or I guess we will at some point, I'm sure. First, let's start with a recap of our league of what happened. Uh, you want to go through that, and I might jump in if I feel inclined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go down the list. Obviously, my game's first here. Tyler, 193, almost 200, 154. So respectable. Uh, fourth, highest score, decent. A lot of eggs, but nobody's beating Tyler if he's put up 200 a week. I think we looked at scores or, or scoring, and there were clear tiers, and Tyler's in the tier by himself. I think Billy and I were 306, 307, something like that points. And Tyler was, you know, 70 points ahead. So we'll talk about that later, but the guy's unstoppable. Um, yeah, Tyler, I mean, just to, to, I haven't updated our stats yet um, to show, you know, this season put in there. But if you take his two games um, this year, uh, he put up what, 190, how much? Where is it? 193.92. And in week one, he put up 183.82. 193 would be the 10th highest score in the history of the league. And 183 yeah. would be the 16th highest score in the history of the league. So um, 200 was this anomaly that like a couple people had hit in wild weeks. And now Tyler's just dancing. I mean, it still it is. He, he, He's still never hit 200. Um, this doesn't include playoffs, so I don't know. But just what I have tracked in the group, the group me, um, the the 200 barrier has been broken three times, um, twice last year actually. Billy has the highest all-time single game record of 214 points in week one against Kevin. I scored 210.74 in week nine against Jonathan. Um, and then in 2021, I scored 204.04 against Kevin. Um, so that's what the spreadsheet shows, but I'm not sure if I've updated it. Let's see when the last. Um, yeah. Yeah, it went all the way through last season. So th we've had that th happen three times. Yeah, and it's happened three times, and those were anomalies, but Tyler's buttoned right up against it two weeks in a row one week almost like if he scored 188 a week what's his average now 185 more than that yeah well, 187 something like that this year so that's far. unheard of and, and his he, i mean that 193 this week would be tyler's third highest scoring for his team ever 
he uh, his his record, of course, was against you last year. He put up 197. So <laughs> he bring he comes to play when he's playing against you. And he's a juggernaut. But, but I'm not yeah. gonna pull in stats for every uh, for every game, or else you know we'll be talking all night. Um, but so I'll I'll back off and and continue. Yeah. So next game I have here was Teddy and Billy. An, right now it's looking like two playoff teams. Billy again, 161, second highest scoring team. He's probably the second best team in the league. He got his standard scoring from everybody. He started Puka. He got 22 there. Teddy, everyone knew Teddy was going to be good. Gino putting up 23, maybe an anomaly. Nico Collins putting up 24, maybe an anomaly. He's not on the same level. I think it obviously Tyler, but Billy, you, I, but he's there. Um, he's also got a deep bench. So Decent scoring I, game by Teddy. Well, the thing about Teddy is <clears throat> his bench crushed, crushed it. He could have beat Billy. Um, his, I, I said I wasn't going to do stats for everyone, but at a glance here, his ILP compared to his actual score was a 59.5 point difference. A different lineup, he could have scored 60 more points, which compared to last year, that would that's the second highest difference ever. The second worst, worst optimized lineup it since we tra- started tracking this last year. Last year, there was a 64.38, um, and that was week one that Kevin um, did. But um, number two was Teddy right now. Granted, 70% of his points were three guys. Lockett, 22. Rob- Brian Robinson, 28. Pickens, 21. I don't know if he's going to start those guys week over week, and they're not going to do right that. Now. Brian Robinson, I think, is RB2, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So maybe he does, we see, but he's deep. That's one thing. Tyler's deep too, but a couple of the other teams aren't deep. So who knows what's going to happen? You got boned by injuries. You're deep enough to support it, but Teddy, Teddy could be sneaky if there's a few injuries. It just sucks. The one thing about being that deep is you got to play the guessing game. So Teddy's going to have fantastic ideal lineup points because he's deep, but his record might not reflect. That, so you're, you're putting little faith in Teddy to actually pick the right guys. Hey, it's a crapshoot. No fa- I have more than enough faith in Teddy. More than anything, he's just a good guy. So he's going to give his hard workers a chance. But, I mean, who, who would have started Brian Robinson over A.J. Dillon? A.J. Dillon, seven. Brian Robinson, 28. You know? so I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say when you're in hindsight because I wasn't in that situation. I don't know who I would have started, but I've never been a huge A.J. Dillon fan. Um, so Aaron Jones out playing against the Falcons. No backup running back in the Packers. But like Tyler Lockett, I've, he's too boomer bust. He's going to have those days where he goes off. So I never start him. Those are the guys I try and avoid in fantasy. Um, you know, unless you're playing Tyler or something where you, you feel like you kind of have to throw a Hail Mary a little bit, that's when you put those guys in. Um, no. but, uh, but you, you and Teddy, it's talked about for years now about how this rivalry is so intense and whatnot. Millennia. Now, now Millennia. let me ask you this outside of the, Teddy in all sports out there, not talking fantasy football. Who's your least favorite team rival, you know? Florida Gators football. 
And the Florida Gators football, would you say you hate Florida? Yeah, with the passion. You hate Florida. You hate the Saints. But you, it's so much positivity with you and Teddy. So it's very non-traditional rivalry. Is it just respect? Is it just a mutual respect? Or is there more to that? It's not a rivalry. It's a mutual respect. That's what I say. If me and Teddy make it to the finals, we're going to call it co-champions. I don't know if we'll even play. We'll bench everybody because (laughs) I respect him too much to beat him. And I think he does the same to me. We'll saw the trophy in half. The buoy, right, right down the middle of of uh, buoy bowl buoy's face. Oh, fake buoy! Which great team name, by the way. Ben Ben mentioned last week. I don't know if you listened, but he mentioned he wanted to do awards at the end of the season. Um, and I think one of those awards would be to vote on would be team name. And honestly, you have my vote. I mean, biggest fraud in American history. Is there a bigger fraud in American history than buoy bowl buoy? Mm. To be fair, it's an honest mistake. It's an honest no. mistake. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you haven't seen it's actual gonna, Bowie in a long time. But. <laughs> yeah, it may get racist. Let's not do that. But <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. being recorded. So, um, but no, Teddy. Teddy's saving grace is he's super deep. So Billy takes some more injuries. I take some injuries. You take some injuries. Keenan's already got injuries. We don't necessarily have the depth. Teddy can plug and play, but the problem is a lot of his plug and play people are boomer bust. So one week he puts up 170, one week he puts up 90. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. But everyone, unless you're Billy, everyone's going to have injuries. I mean, that's just fantasy football every year. So having that depth while early on, I do get what you're saying, how there's that kind of challenge piece to it. Um, and, and I deal with that a little bit on my team. So I, you know, Godwin versus Amari Cooper and stuff like that and whatnot. But, uh, but later on in the year, that's such an advantage. If you have that depth of like solid, even if it's just like a, one solid backup at every position, a quarterback, running back receiver, they're going to play and you're going to have those easy decisions to play them rather than the easy decisions of who do I pick up on the waiver wire? Um, like last year when I started a limit Zacchaeus, cause I was, I had five hurt receivers or something that that's right and most our playoffs every year i mean there's a couple teams that are in the last spots usually within a game or two of each other so Mm -hmm. you have injuries one week you tank that week whatever you miss the playoffs because of one game teddy at least has plug and pay people where he can at least make and once you're in the playoffs anything can happen and another thing about teddy's team is they're really young too like i mean teddy's team could be good for a long time and he could package some of those players you know my mind always goes to trading but like package a couple of those guys if you want to sacrifice some of that depth and to upgrade a starter there and i mean teddy realistically has potential to be in the next even five year window which is a long window for dynasty consistently be a playoff team every year and he didn't mortgage draft picks and I feel like Teddy's smart and believes his process. So yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't think he's the type that's going to Ben Wallace it and trade everybody for Matt Stafford. Right. I think if he's trading somebody, he's going to do it intelligently. He's not going to give up his whole roster or mortgages future if it doesn't work out. So maybe he makes bad trade, but he's still going to survive. Yeah. 
And I, I know you, I don't know if you just misremember or something or you're taking a jab at me because I did trade kind of mortgage it for Matt Stafford. And that's what jump started, you know, a lot of Tyler because I gave him two firsts and a second, I think two firsts, a second and a third, but it's same as real life. I mean, Matt Stafford is ultimately the piece that led to me getting a championship. So, you know, you take the championship for, for future value, but, um, but anyway, moving on, what, uh, what, what game do you have next? All right. Next I've got frontier airlines and civil development. All right. So David, it it was a shoot nine, uh, basically a hundred to one fifteen shootout. Two of our teams that probably are going to end near the bottom. Um, but again, with the new ILP rules win, why not? You know, who knows what's going to happen. Everybody gets hurt. You get a chance at the playoffs. Um, I looking at the teams, David's kind of trash. D- David's the clear front runner for the top pick. I think, I mean, he's a pretty good bit already ahead on ILP for the last place. Um, I mean, I railed on him last, last week in the pod about not liking most of his trades. Um, and we didn't even talk about the Trevor Lawrence one, which I know I'm part of, so I didn't really – I don't speak on that much, but most uh, other people didn't like. Um, but I, I think David's in a tier of his own. He won, sure, but uh, but just roster-wise, I think it's – his. there are some pieces there, sure, but I think he's got definitely the longest time frame before he can be competing for a championship. Unless he I just agree. has some like really killer draft because he has a lot of picks next year. And, you know, if you hit on three second round picks and, you know, and get Caleb Williams or something that could clearly shorten it. But yeah, no, I, I mean, Anthony Richardson could be great. Brees Hall, good. But Sky Moore is probably, we know what he's going to be. Debo, not much. Goddard, not much. Zay, Van Jefferson, Desmond Ritter. Like we kind of know what these people are going to be. There's not, Sean Tucker may take that over, but there's not like a huge amount of upside. Kyler Murray. Upside. Yeah. Cedric Tillman, Jonathan Mingo, Alec Pierce are all young. Like he's got young guys and stuff that, you know, are like Cedric young Tillman's guys. a 6'4 athlete, you know, like who was a dominant, we, he's better than Jalen Hyatt. And then he was just hurt last his senior year and stuff. But Cedric Tillman's never going to be a, he's a nine point per game. He's a solid piece that you got to flip for something. Um, on the other side, you look at Kevin, Tua, Pierce, Olave, Addison, Dak. They've got a lot of upside. Jamison Williams still has He's upside. He's got a bunch of quarterbacks too. and We all know quarterbacks are king in this league. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a dumpster battle. Um, but again, it comes down to ILP, so it, it doesn't necessarily matter. I think in the grand scheme of things, record's going to be irrelevant between these two. Well, when you put it that way, that do, are you a fan of ILP? Oh, hundred percent. I, I, because otherwise you promote tanking, and then David puts up eighty and tanks everybody, and Kevin puts up eighty-one and tanks everybody, and. Nobody wants to see that because then when it, it comes down to who's got, who's got the, who has a schedule playing the most people tanking, right? Cause you know, that's a guaranteed win. I don't want that. 
I'd rather and, see David win six games and get first pick and then say, hey, I won six games, but I got first pick, right? I agree. It's just when you said, well, because of IOP, this doesn't really matter. It it made me think that, okay, maybe you don't, you're not a fan or something, or maybe you're trying to, I don't know. But I, I mean, this way they can still try and win every week and not have to worry about, oh, well, if I win, it's going to screw my, but, my draft who spot. knows? Some there's a couple injuries to key players on other teams. Some random people, Sean Tucker, Tillman, Pierce, whatever, go off. If you sneak in the playoffs, which is we'll talk about it later, but I'm a fan of a 16 playoff versus four. But if you sneak in the playoffs, anything can happen, mm-hmm. right? So, so who knows? It, right now, David's I mean, just as much in it as you or whoever else david was like realistically a playoff competitor to one of the last weeks of last season like it it, uh he just kept winning and i mean he would even every week in the group me would say something along the lines like my team's trash and i can't believe it but i'm still in the playoff line like one of the last teams eliminated Although um, right now ESPN gives him uh, the third lowest odds. They give him an 8% chance to make the playoffs. Um, ben and Kevin both have, they give a 6%, which would be a tie for the lowest. Um, and looking at this game, I mean, that score, 115 to 99, I, I just thought this has got to be one of the worst lowest scoring games, you know, historically that we've ever had. Um and I know there's been rule changes, so you know, over the years we used to have two defenses and stuff like that. So it's you take that with a grain of salt. But then I started looking back. No, literally the last week of last season, when David played Ben in week 13, and it was a score of uh, Ben beat David 96 to 91. And that was post tanking era. Yeah. <laughs> so hmm. shootout, but. Moving on, what what game's up next? So next we've got, ooh, so we got a good one. It was Griffey and Andrew. Andrew put up 159. Jesus, Tom Brady put up 140. 159 was, I believe, the third or fourth highest scoring. There was a lot of high scores this week, actually. A lot of high scores. Um, Again, Gibbs, okay. You got what he got. Barkley Jackson, you expect them. Russell Wilson is performing this year. Kerwin Williams, 25 points. So I'm looking at the ones that you can't expect, like Pitts, 2.5. I kind of expect that from Pitts now. Elijah Moore, maybe more. Judy Moore, Shahid Moore. Andrew's got a decent team. Andrew is missing. So the Dobbins and Akers both kind of being trash killed him, but everybody knew that was a huge gamble. I, I actually, I said it last week. I said it at the time. I liked the trade for Andrew. I would have done the same thing in his in his shoes. So I liked the game. Yeah, but but we all knew both of them were a huge gamble. Maybe it could have paid off. So yeah, I I like the gamble. I like it. Maybe not for Billy or you, but for Andrew, yeah. Who cares? Take the gamble. And now um, you have Saquon hurt. They said what three four weeks something like that. He's going to be out. So. You know, as long as you're not mortgaging your future, the whole thing is make a trade. But if the trick, know that if that trade goes terribly, you still have a chance. If you make a trade and if that trade goes terribly, you're fucked forever. Don't make the trade. Uh-huh. Um, so 
if we look at Griffey, we got Burrow, James Cook, Montgomery, DK, Chase. Man, you got a lot of receivers. Robert Woods, Hawkinson, Zay Flowers. Actually, looking at it, Griffey lost, but Griffey's got a DK, Chase, Hawkinson, Zay Flowers are going to be good for a while. Burrow will turn it around. He's missing a couple pieces, but he's got some mainstays that aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, just Deontay Johnson's out for a while. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back him. playoffs. Like, we know Griffey's a good team. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and Zay Flowers good... had 10 targets week one. They didn't throw as much to him in the second. But, I mean, he's looking like he's going to be a real solid as a rookie right off the bat. And that's the thing. all you got to do. There's been a couple in the league. Somebody hits on a free agent pickup or a second round pickup or something like that. You hit on one player. Billy got Justin Jefferson late. Um, I got Tyreek Hill, I think, as a free agent on waivers. Like there's those players. You hit on one of those and his team becomes very scary. There's a couple of people, you know, Ben hits on two of those and he's still trash. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> But uh, no, it's a good team. And Andrew has a good team, but he's very reliant on a few players. Like Jamar Gibbs, for example, I'm not confident he will produce week over week. You know, I think he's going to go big. It's kind of boomer bust type people. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a stud. I've He's one of the people I texted. Andrew and I texted back and forth a lot for the uh, me trying to get the number four pick, get – both Gibbs and Bijan this draft, but didn't happen clearly. Yeah. I, I love him coming in. I think he's a great football player, but for fantasy purposes, do you think he's going to every week be like Bijan, you know what you're going to get every week, Derek Henry, you know, but there's some people that are very boomer bust. No, I think, I think Gibbs will be consistent. I mean, he had, he had seven catches this past week. They're, they're going to throw like, I mean, Austin Eckler has never rushed for a thousand yards in a season, but he's a dominant running back. You don't have to be that bell cow year and year. I mean, Alvin Kamara was a top five pick for how many years and he was getting 12 carries a game, something like that. So um, Jameer Gibbs, I think is just so electric that there's no way they're not going to give him the ball. And yeah, his rookie year, he may be RB20 or something, but I'm talking about over the course of his career because this is Dynasty. So, yeah. Um, I can agree with that. Okay. Um, Andrew, again, has pieces. I feel like Andrew's one of the guys that may potentially try to bring in one big piece, mortgage the future. And if that big piece doesn't work out or someone like Lamar Jackson gets hurt or whatever, he's boned. So I think Andrew plays the long game and Andrew's window, I think, is like two years-ish. Maybe then you flip Saquon and try to get some young pieces back. But both those people, I think, have have teams that are on the fringe. It's just now how do you play it as a manager, right? Do you make the right moves? They could both be bottom of the league. They could both be top. It kind of depends. Well, let me ask you this. If you were, if you were Andrew, would you flip Saquon now? I mean, he's, what, 26? Like – his value is probably never going to be higher than it is now for the rest of his career. He's coming yeah. off a top, what he was like the number three running back last year or something. And yeah. Running backs always perform on contract years. He signed a one year. So next year he'll probably get a longer contract. He'll be meh. 
Yeah, if I were Andrew, I would flip Saquon to Keenan probably, but we'll we'll talk about that later. But no, you, me, Billy, Tyler. Yeah, I think somebody would give up something for Saquon, but yeah, Saquon's got two years. Um, yeah, maybe I, none, I, I maybe think five. Who knows? Honestly, looking at Andrew's team, he did, you know, the Dobbins and Acres, like we said, that was somewhat of an all in more, you know, short term move. Um, but those guys are still young, you know, and then he traded for Russell Wilson, he had another quarterback. His team improved more than any other team on paper at, for, at the end of last season to the start of this season, roster wise. And I think, I don't think it's close. Um, I did at so many positions he upgraded. Like, yeah, Tyler made a big splash with Diggs. I mean, I got Bijan, both individual huge upgrades, you know, huge. But Andrew upgraded like half his roster. Um, but just looking at it, you know, Acres and Dobbins haven't worked out so far, and the lack of no depth whatsoever. And like, you know, he's starting Elijah Moore you know, doesn't do anything for him. Rashid Shaheed stuff. So um, if I'm him, I think I'm doing the same thing and I'm I'm flipping Saquon. It doesn't have to be – people think it's just if if you're rebuilding, it has to be for picks. You could flip Saquon for a first plus a running back who's not not as good but is like 23, 24 years old, a couple years younger and doesn't have the injury history Saquon has. You know, or flip it for, you know, honestly, you could go with any position because it's not like he's completely set at receiver or even, you know, um, I wouldn't get a tight end. I still think Kyle Pitts has too much talent to where, and you know, you can't just try and go find a new one. Um, But I I think I'd do the same thing by Andrew. The guys like Shahid or who else did he have in there? they're the type of guys that at the end of the well, Christian Watson could come back. He's come back. He's the type of guy. Yeah, that's true. But one of those guys at the end of the year, points per game looks high, position ranking looks high. But in reality, they had two games with 30 points, and the rest they were just meh. You know, I did a I think I shared it with you. Five so May 16th, I put everyone's ideal lineup in and I ran what their scores would be based on ESPN projections. At that point in time, Andrew was only ahead of Ben with 91 and David with 98 at 113 points per game. I did the same analysis at August 29th. Andrew went from 113 to 134, basically the same as Keenan for fifth. So yes, Andrew improved drastically over over the off season. What were the other uh, big changes in that increase or decrease? Either way. So I imagine uh, Jonathan was probably a big drop after trading away Diggs. Yeah. Billy Unless James, you did this prior to the Diggs trade. I don't, I don't Jonathan, know. Jonathan was 129 in May. In August, he went down one. No, he didn't drop that much. The thing is, post draft, a lot of people got better and he didn't, he got worse. Kenny 107, Kevin 115. Prior, Kenny Kenny got worse. Kevin got worse. So a lot of people kind well, of Kenny traded away Dobbins and Acres who were projected. That's what it is. Andrew went up a bit, but it's again projections. So you know everyone projects them differently. But 
for the most part, the teams kind of stayed the same. It's just a few people got a little worse and Tyler got better and Andrew got a lot better. Mm-hmm. But again, he took a risk. So in projections, he looks good with those two, but everyone knew that Akers and Dobbins. Akers ended the season last year pretty well, like a couple weeks in a row of like 100 plus yard games, if I remember correctly. And Dobbins, it's just the injuries. He's been very good in the 20 games he's played in his entire career, or probably less than that even. Um, so I like oh, it yeah. for I liked it for him. Um, so just to keep us on track then, are there any other games you just want to read out the scores in just one sentence about um, each one? Let's, let's see. You're echoey. Man. Do you got two microphones going or something now? Yeah. Is that better? I don't know. Say something again. Yeah. It still sounds echoey. All right. Give me a sec. Okay. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. Um, so, next game, it was you and Ben. Um, ben actually put up 121. Yeah. Pretty respectable. Um, he, he commented in the group me about uh, thoughting – thinking hit thoughting his ilp was going to be higher um but i looked at it again it wasn't i guess he was just good about setting his lineup playing the right guys because that's one of the highest scores he's had in a while i feel like yeah um he still doesn't have a chance (laughs) how much did you say how much did you say he scored 121 he put up 121 which is more than one, two people, three people, two people. So it was third from lowest, but 121 is somewhat respectable. That's a right? high scoring week. I mean, looking back, he hasn't scored. The last time he scored higher than 121 was week four of last year. He put up 140 against Kenny. And that was when he, that's when he started tanking. I feel like because he, yeah, he lost his first three games and then he won week four against Kenny. And then he lost his next um, yeah, he doesn't have much, and I think his problem is he keeps trading, picking up old people. Also, Zach Moss gave him 18 points. That's not going to happen again. Marquise Brown, 14. Like, I mean, Zach man. Moss is going to be the guy getting the carries. It could yeah, happen. Hole went on IR. Hole went on IR. I, I actually wish I had not made that trade with Ben. And I said it last week, too. That I would have been, I, I traded Zach Moss to move up three spots, and I would have end up getting the same guy three spots later after talking to Ben. Because who'd he you had, take? Uh, Will Levis. I could have got yeah. him in the early third instead of late second, um, which I'm happy with my pick of Will Levis. But I could have, I should have also had Zach Moss. Yeah, long term, that's not the guy. I drafted I Zach Moss and I started him when he was with the Bills for like two years. Um, he probably never would start for me. I mean, especially now that, you know, I'd probably start Jerome Ford over him. Well, um, but especially once John Taylor comes back, obviously. But it's thing is, I'm highly invested in Ben's ILP and I'm shooting myself in the foot for that trade. Plus, if Zach Moss puts up 19 points, it trade baits high, right? Somebody will dive on him. Some idiot. 
Um, maybe, hey, maybe Keenan. We'll talk Keenan after this final recap, though, because I, I want your thoughts on Keenan. On uh, to, so, any other games, or we go through all of them? On or, on your team, like Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Aaron Rodgers. You just got that's just kind of your mo is get completely boned. Um, we'll go through the last one just so everyone doesn't feel left out. Um, last game, Ken and Keenan, kind of close, 150-131. Keenan didn't do great, mainly because Chubb didn't perform. We'll talk about Keenan later. Kenny, 150, Kenny's got a decent team. You know, he made those two picks with Stroud and Young. Didn't necessarily pan out. Again, it was a super really high scoring pan week. out. It's it, they've played two games. The, okay, it, okay. It, for dynasty, those were great picks that Kenny made. He, I mean, it didn't pan out because he traded Bijan Robinson for Bryce Young and Rashad Bateman. That's what I mean. That's fair. That's fair. Honestly, if you, I mean, we someone in the group me asked about keep trade cut and overvalued players. I I think I looked the other day, maybe yesterday, and Bijan was overall including quarterbacks now player like five like he was he's higher on keep trade cut than jamar chase now. well we told ken so you know what i'll go on the rant now here's my problem about the trades people's rookie hype is at the highest way during the draft right or right before which value nfl draft or our draft or I guess our both draft are peaks our draft our draft. It peaks at the, the NFL draft, but then when it comes to our draft, you value pick number 10 way more than you did three months ago, right? Because you have these rookies you're excited about, whatever. Also, free agents, injuries, who knows, who knows, who knows. So why would you make a trade that far? And, and I think it was all with you. People were making trades way before the draft, why when the pick value is only going to go up i just i like ben hassan haskins james 2.11 late second yeah, he got, he hassan haskins it was moving up sure. four spots it was when the, all it, the rumors and, were that derrick henry was going to sign elsewhere so it was trying to get sure. hassan haskins because his value could peak you know so it's taken but who did him. did the titans draft a running back they did Who's now ahead of Haskins on the death chart? So when not Haskins also did didn't Haskins get arrested? He like beat his girlfriend or something? It, probably. He went to Michigan. So all I'm saying is wait until after the draft because if you're trading for receiver, you trade for Rashad Bateman, Kenny, and then they draft Zay Flowers, right? Like it sounds dumb. So why trade picks before the draft? Wait until either during the draft when their value is at peak, but wait till the, after the NFL draft when you know what players are drafted where. It just doesn't make sense to me when people do that. Well, let me ask you this then, because I'm someone everyone in this league knows because you guys talk all about me, even incorrectly sometimes about trade stuff. But I, I'm obsessed with trades. I love making trades and just coming up with trades that's no shocker to anyone me saying that. So I'm I'm open to making trades year round. And I'm not just always looking to move up and try and buy low on draft picks. I'm also willing to go the other way. Kenny and I, if I had traded, because I had picks, I had picked three. Kenny had one and seven. If I had gone from three to seven, you, would you have been all up in arms if Kenny had moved up instead at that time? 
no, I just would never. There's very little that would compel me to trade pick one when Bijan was in the draft. It was one of those players that so you knew was a clear so one. So it's not trading picks that you're talking about. It's trading down. But like when, if it was a draft where Alex Smith was one and there wasn't a clear guy, whatever, sure. But when you know, doesn't matter what team Bijan goes to, that there's a number one player that you don't trade that number one pick, right? You keep that. And you could have got a lot more. First of all, he could have got a lot more than Rashad Bateman. It's like it was this particular draft. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm not going to, like, just say in hindsight that the trade was equitable for both teams. Like, it, and and you asked Kenny too. He, he would take it back if he could. Um, and that's, I mean, there's plenty of trades I've made that I would take back if I could. So it just, it is what it is. And, um, his logic, if, if I'm not mistaken, Kenny can weigh in in the group me was he didn't need a running back. Didn't want a running back because one, he thought his window was pretty long Two, He had pretty good running backs. Javante Williams, JK Dobbins, Cam Akers all had risks, but had hype, you know, and stuff. Um, and he had no quarterbacks and you know, Kenny drafts a quarterback every year. He took, he traded up for Malik Wilson the first last year. He and I view Bryce Young similarly. I think Bryce Young is going to be a perennial pro bowler. It's been two games. So I'm not, I'm not putting any stock into the fantasy points he's put up now. I think Bryce Young is going to be a stud. Um, and I value him more than keep trade cut there. Someone asked about how you know valuing players. I value him probably more than most people in the league. Kenny does too. And so we were somewhat on similar valuation of that. And so the conversation just looking at it through that sort of lens, it makes a little more sense, but I agree with you. If, you know, if I have the number one pick, I'm probably not trading it at least until after the NFL draft where you know where people are going to go. Exactly. But that's that's just, if you're talking number one pick, I move picks all the time and I'll move up or back because I, I have a somewhat, board that I like and I try not to change it too much based off position uh, based off where people get drafted landing I, spot, yeah. I value talent over landing spot to an extent but landing spot does matter and obviously you know where someone you know how high they were drafted matters too like I was lower on Jaden Reed until he went in the second round and I was like okay I'm going to bump him up a little higher than I had him before um, but uh, but so I, I get the logic and it sounds logic, right? Kenny wants a quarterback and knows to do that. It's not the pick value, it's the player value. In this situation, you knew there was a Bijan. He could have got more. Is is what like I understand the logic and I agree with Kenny's logic. It's not pick one for pick three. I think that trade's fair, but when you know there's Bijan on the board, it's different. You also don't trade anything until you, you see the NFL draft play out. And I, I don't understand why people keep doing that. But it also another reason why this trade and looks worse in hindsight than it did at the time, because it is worse in hindsight than it was at the time. One, Bijan couldn't have gone to a better landing spot. I mean, we Fair. run the ball more than any team in the NFL. Um, two, Rashad Bateman's stock was higher then than it is now. They drafted since then they signed OBJ, they drafted Zay Flowers, you know, Bateman looked like he was going to be their receiver one at that time. And he's still only, 
you know, a first round NFL draft pick who's what, 24 years old or something like that. He's still young. And he has been productive when he's played prior to this season. Um, so the things, all the pieces of that, the valuation has, has changed. And the pieces I got, the valuation since that went up and his went down. But ultimately that's why I agree with you because there is that risk. Um, and that's why I, I like to make, that's why I do try and make some trades at a time is because I, I think I can predict some of it. I think some player, you, you try and buy low, sell high. And if I think pick five is valued low in February, then I'm going to try and buy it. If I think there's only, you know, uh, 10 good players or whatever, I think pick 11 is valued high in February. I'm going to try and sell it. So but didn't you make you just made the perfect case where the trade timing it's not half of it is Bijan was the player but the other half is the trade timing like the whole point they signed obj they drafted flowers so wait till after the draft people get trade happy like if kenny had waited i don't think he would have done that trade probably not but the thing is it's there is the valuation changes before and after you know it, it could have something could have happened the other way Bijan could have gotten in a jet ski accident or whatever you know so there's always some sort of risk and it's you just your argument is people need to be more risk averse because making a trade in february when we made that trade is always going to be more risky than making a trade after the nfl draft if it involves draft picks or honestly even if it doesn't if it drops players it's always going to be more risky to make any trade in february than in may then after free agency, then after, you know, but the what's, NFL what's the benefit of doing it in February versus May? What's, um, what's the benefit of not waiting? The, the benefit is if you think you can predict some teams move um, uh, so accurately, then you can get a better return on, um, on a piece than you could at any other time of the year. Kenny could not predict Kenny didn't even cut his own grass you think that guy follows the NFL draft enough to try to predict something yeah anyway. but I'm, I'm assuming Kristen is advising him on trades too like just like she's cutting the grass yeah she probably scouts players that's true nah if he Any, did he'd anyway. be a lot better he wouldn't have taken Malik Willis anyway I uh let, let's look through some of these trades of this year Kenny James we talked about that one James and Ben for Haskins. We talked about that one. Trevor Lawrence for two thirds for Kyler Murray. Trevor Lawrence and, and two thirds for Kyler Murray and three and seconds. Two sec three seconds. One of which was uh, you know this what? year, which was two point oh three, so a high second. I'll say this: Kyler Murray a year ago, this would have looked like a dumb trade for David. But by the end of last year, Kyler Murray's value is very low. And we kind of assumed they were going to draft Caleb Williams. I just, it, Trevor Lawrence had maybe the worst coach of all time. He got a great, any, I don't want to go too much into it, but a year ago, great trade. At the time the trade was made, I think it was pretty terrible. Um, can, can I say got, something? People yeah. have referenced keep trade cut a lot. That trade on keep trade cut was viewed as fair. The Kenny and me Rashad Bateman trade, even at the time was viewed slightly unfair. And it's because I got an extra third in there. 
Um, and I didn't even ask for it. Kenny actually threw that in. I was like, let me think about it. And he said he'd throw in that extra third, which was, and so it said, I, I won the trade by a third. So both those in the, you know, Billy's the one who's always like, James is ripping you off. Look at something like, look at the experts. Well, the experts were saying those were fairly fair trades at the time. To be fair, what you need to do, Google dynasty trade calculator, keep trade cuddle B1, check it out, but then check out the next like four links. And because they're all wildly different, but to keep in, in the, I actually don't use uh, trade calculators on most of the trades. I do. I don't, I, I run them through if you offer them to me. Um, but let's, let's keep it moving. We'll go fast. Andrew pick two to move back two spots to get Russell Wilson. Love that because Andrew wanted Gibbs the whole time. And he want any great trade. I think for both of them. Yeah, I gave my Andrew. feedback on that. Ben and I both loved it for Andrew last time too, last week. Uh, Andrew gets Dobbins, Acres, two thirds. Kenny gets a high two, ooh, three Four high seconds. seconds. Four Three seconds. seconds. Four seconds. Andrew was had a a lot of picks. It, again, it it was we know what it was. It it could have gone well. It could have gone poorly. I just. Cam Akers finished strong. Dobbins has been great. Is he going to see healthy? I like it for both of them. I think it's a good trade. I like it. Andrew took a risk. He had picks. Now, let Kenny me ask you something. Now, Kenny, you know, you could say he's trading away those picks to give himself a worse ILP. And, you know, you get rookies. Generally, most second-round picks aren't going to put crazy good numbers the rookie year, but you're getting them for their career that you're, you know, gambling on. David, same thing, traded for – Trevor Lawrence, but he got Kyler Murray, who's, I mean, people are hating on, but he's still really talented and, and he's got that running element to which gives him a huge boost in fantasy, but he's hurt for most of this year. So Dave will have him, but it helped, but helps his draft spot this year. Does that factor into trades when you look at them that how it helps people, you know, for the upcoming season, if it, if it helps them, I, I don't like using the term tank, but like legally tank kind of thing. Yeah. To an extent, I think with Kyler Murray, yes, because you know, he's going to miss some time. He made it, he made the trade early um, in that instance, not necessarily because Kyler Murray had shown that kind of a head case, they weren't going to commit to him. Yeah. He sounded, but yes, I think that's a good strategy to tank legally by taking a drift. Uh, so it's like we used to have another league token where we had a keeper. And with your last pick, you would take someone that was injured for all year. But then the next year, you would get some stud that was there. So I like the strategy. I just don't know if that was David's strategy. I don't know if it was to increase the draft position. Um, but no, I like that as a draft strategy. Someone's hurt and you're trying to take do it but like you got to be a bottom team that's fighting for ilp it, it can't Kenny be and david in these two trades i mean they ex clearly exactly are. um geno smith a second and a third for first second third i like it geno's got ben, two ben years got a first for geno and then he moved back um four spots and three spots in the second and third Gino always Ben was always going to trade Gino if he's intelligent because Gino's got a year or two left. Somebody wants him. Ben's window is four or five years out. Stack picks, and that's what he did. So I like it. 
And, and Teddy, after and, he traded both his quarterbacks, Herbert and Cousins, who I believe are QB one and two or one and four or something so far this season. Yeah, Jordan loves to. Um, Teddy traded both those to Tyler last year for, well, Kirk Cousins worth of nothing. George, uh, Herbert, in hindsight, he got a pretty good trade. Um, so I love it for Teddy getting Geno. I love it. Teddy later on will say got Garoppolo. He needed quarterbacks. You guys know how I feel about fields, so I'm not going to talk about that. But Yeah. I'm not a Fields fan. Um, anyway, Kevin James swapping thirds. I don't want to go into that one. I like it. Two seconds for a better second, whatever, another draft day trade. Kevin and Ben. 111 for 110, move up a little bit. James and Andrew, Matt Breida can move up three picks. I like that. You move up. Andrew for gets me or for Andrew? Cuff. Both of you. Oh. You move up. Andrew gets a handcuff. Andrew Everyone in the Andrew. group, he hated on Andrew for that one. They're like, Matt Andrew, Breida, what are Andrew, you doing? Andrew values Breida way more than anyone else in the league because he has Saquon. Yeah, and he's going to start probably start Breida I, this week. I hated it because I was very high on Eric Gray and I thought Gray was going to be back. Um, I was wrong. One five. So Kenny moves up two spots. So I love that for him. Here's one I hate. One twelve. So uh, the last pick of the first round for Jonathan, a 2024 first, which is Tyler's, which will be another last pick in a 2024 first. So basically the last pick of the first and a second negligible. So we're talking two seconds and a, a 2024 third is just a throwaway That's for Stefan Diggs. Thing. Yeah. A late third, which any player you're getting with the last pick of third round, you probably get on waivers. So we're talking two seconds and a late third for Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Diggs is like what? 30, 29, I think, 30. I think he, I think he's about 30. You could have got more than that. Tyler's firsts are worthless. I just, I hate that trade. One, because it makes the juggernaut unbeatable. He was beatable for Diggs. And two, like you could have traded Diggs to me or you or, and gotten, like if I had given him that same pit, that same trade, the picks would have been three picks higher. You know, it just, I hate that trade. But and you would have done anyway. it for sure. And I would have done it for sure. I just, yeah, I made him that. offers for Stefan Diggs in the offseason. Griffin just doesn't respond. I actually texted him. Uh, what was that? Was that today about a trade? And I know he's not gonna respond. Um, David, last pick of the first round, Griffey. I don't care about that. Sam Miles Sanders and Dalton Kincaid for Debo. Debo's outperforming Sanders. I like that for both sides. Um, David to Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like any starting quarterback you can get more than a mid second. And finally, Teddy gets Jalen Warren and David gets two thirds. So hate that because Jalen Warren was basically a timeshare with Harris last year. He performed better. It was like a Pollard Zeke scenario where Zeke was getting carries, but Pollard was better. Uh, I just Warren to me is almost as valuable as Najee, but whatever. Anywho. Um, so while we're talking time. trades here. Um, Nick Chubb, I mean, realistically, there's a good chance his career's over. Like, you're looking at Probably. it. I'm mean, not, a, you know, I, I don't Probably know more information to come out, but at the very least, it, it's a long, long recovery. 
if you're Keenan, are you making a trade for a running back? Are you making it? I mean, he said everyone on my team is available. Are you selling? Are you just doing nothing? What What are you doing? So everyone jumped on Keenan. So that was hilarious. But Chubb, yeah, I would assume he's done. By the time he comes back, he'll be 30 with two complete knee reconstructions. I think Chubb's probably done. Keenan, if you look at the rest of his team, we thought he had a good team coming in. I think his team's okay. I don't like a lot of his player situations, but like David, Kenny, there's a lot of other teams that you'd rather trade with. I don't think Keenan, even if Keenan makes a trade, gives up two firsts and pulls in Tony Pollard or some elite running back, then what? He misses the playoffs. He's the fifth team. He's got a mad pick. And now he has no future. I don't, I don't think Keenan's in a play. If Keenan was Billy without a running back and that one piece gets him there with a chance, do it. But I, I don't think replacing Chubb with another Chubb, Keenan's still on the fringe. You know, if I'm him, I don't mortgage the future. I, I almost maybe trade like a Danny Dimes and try to pick up a first or two, you know? If, if I'm Keenan, I'm doing, I mean, Keenan's still, if he, gets a running back. It doesn't even have to be a top tier Nick Chubb replacement. He still could make the playoffs. Now being 0-2 is a long shot, but there's really not like talent wise. He, how many years in a row has been like the five seed. He just keeps getting, you know, things not going his way, but like he's got some really good pieces and pieces that at any day could go off. So if I'm Keenan, I'm not selling. If there's a player, if you, if, if I'm him and I feel like, I, okay, Nick Chubb was too big of a hit, and I can't win this year. I'm maybe selling George Kittle and Hopkins, which were the guys he bought last year. That's uh, it. And and because I mean Kittle's thirty, Hopkins I think is in his thirties, and they're both. I mean Kittle has has had a slow start, but he had a slow start last year, and he came on strong, you know, at the end. So I'm not selling. Traylon Burks, I'm not selling Jalen Hurts. Maybe Rashad White. Beckham, Kamara, Mattins. Oh, yeah, Alvin yeah. Kamara too. Um, but you but, sell the old guys, but don't blow it up. Don't don't trade Hurts. Don't trade Pittman, Terry McLaurin. Trade some old guys because that being it's said, still though, there. Yeah, if if the right offer comes along, like no one is untouchable. I mean, if I'm yeah. freaking you, I would listen if someone offered made me an offer of Patrick Mahomes. It's going to take, you know an insane offer five firsts yeah but uh but yeah i mean you always listen but if i'm keenan and i feel like i can't compete this year i'm i'm texting people asking kittle hopkins camara whatnot if i'm keenan and i think i have i can still make the playoffs which i personally do think he still can i'm not trading a first for running back but maybe hey i'll throw you a 20 25 second for a you know, a running back on Kevin's team or, you know, on Andrew's team or someone who, who maybe they don't think they can compete, but it doesn't have to be a, you know, an elite, you know, top tier. Like he doesn't have to call me about Bijan or Tyler about Christian McCaffrey. He can go to Kenny say, Hey, what's Raheem Mostert, you know, what's the price on him or or something like that. Mostert for like Kittle or something, you know, it's either you do that and try to make the playoffs or you still trade those old people 
and drive down your ILP and pick up draft picks. It's it's one of the two, but I don't think it's blow it up. He's still in a spot where he's got he's got Jalen Hurts. You're in a good spot. Yeah, I, I don't blow it up either, but you know, it'll be interesting. We'll see what he does. I think it's funny how everyone jumped on it like ah oh, fire sale. Keaton lost one player. Well, he did say forever. something like that. Like, what well, did Keaton say? Keenan's an idiot. <coughs> Everyone's um, for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it, buddy. Um, I uh, and then everyone today was talking about how oh I've been making Keenan. I've been formulating trades all day. It's like, well, now that you say that, I kind of want to make a trade and start formulating it. But I had not been sending Keenan trades all day. I've, um, to, to be fair. Any league, even if you're involved in it and I have a trade that you're not involved in, I generally run by you. One, because you know trades, but two, because I know you'll give me unbiased advice and you're not going to scam me on it and reach out to that person. Um, but I'm guessing other people do that too. So you probably have a good handle on what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, well, to, to be honest, I actually, people, yeah, even in this league will reach out in dynasty and, uh, for trades with other teams. And I will always give my honest opinion and I will never jump in and try and swoop or anything. Um, which is why sometimes I, if someone like makes me a trade for a guy I've, or asked me about a trade for a player, I've also been offering for, I was like, don't tell me anything. Cause I've. Um, I've made offers for that guy too, but, um, I, you're right. I do have, I mean, I'm, I know everyone in the league better than anyone. Like I, I mean, you've met Tyler one time, you know, you've, you've met, you know, a handful of these people you don't interact with very frequently. Like, have you ever met John? You met Jonathan one time, you know, at, at when we all went to Dallas. all those mod sticks though. Oh, <laughs> so like, so bad. um, I mean, Jonathan doesn't, text anyone back but like it tyler and i will text sometimes about our other leagues you know he'll ask he's asked my advice on trade i've, I've texted him said who would you start here and stuff like that so like um so I mean, it's I, since i have relationships be- better stronger at least a baseline strength of a relationship with everyone in the league that i i it almost is an advantage i feel like it's funny though because i'll have a deal with like kenny and I'll text you and be like, hey, I really like this. Do you like it? And you'd be like, yeah, Kenny sent this to me 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we know you'll give unbiased advice. You're not going to swoop in and offer something better. Yeah. Um, and, and if both people text me about it, I generally say, like, y'all figure it out. Which I did. There was one time it was, you were offering up, Kenny was going to give you Alan Robinson at a pick for somebody. And then I swooped it and offered him, like, the pick before. It was, and you after. ended up getting you and I got St. Brown. He took, he took Javante Williams, and then you ended up getting Amon Ra at his pick. So and I got Amon Ra at the same pick, and then I flipped Alan Robinson for DeAndre Swift. So I don't hate it. Look at you, Wheeling Dalen. Yeah, well, I'm a mastermind. Um, I have no idea when we started this, so we're probably going for a while. Um, we're about so, an hour now. Okay. Well, I don't like it to go too too long. That's some of the feelings we got, but I want to go. Um, predictions in the suck it movie no 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 we got some questions that people have to know so we'll do this kind of speed round i'm pulling up the group me real quick um players that are over and underrated on keep trade cut are there in i, I haven't looked at it long keep whoever said it i don't know keep trade cuts decent but then when you start packaging players you get this like adjustment that's ten thousand points or whatever so i i can't answer that 
Um, I just, my advice, run it through like three or four trade calculators. And if they all disagree, then disagree. Next question. Um, Next question is most underwhelming fantasy players through the first two weeks. And I think Jonathan Griffey nailed it with his response because they're both on his team. Burrow and Chase. Burrow's, yeah, Burrow's one because he was almost QB2. And yeah, Chase. Yeah, that I mean, that's got to be it. There's some others, but it's early. But yeah, Burrow's probably out. And if Burrow's out, Chase sucks. So yeah, Although next disappointing. Question. Cooper Cup and uh, John Taylor have been pretty disappointing for me. Aaron Rodgers is yeah, probably the number one most disappointing. Doesn't Aaron Rodgers, J.K. Dobbins, and Nick Chubb are the most disappointing so far. Doesn't count. Um, analysis of the Teddy rankings. I don't argue with science. They're perfect. Okay. Next question. <laughs> um uh, let's see i i scrolled here so i lost uh, uh kenny says is puka draft pick more evidence that billy runs this league and always will nope billy's got a golden horseshoe up his ass that's about it and the thing never is- had an injury in our other league he's the only team that scored less than me yet he's got like four championships i don't no, he's he's like the lowest scoring team in the history of that league. Like Andrew keeps stats on everything, and but he's got more championships than anyone. It blows my mind. He he was the sixth seed because they expanded playoffs to six, and he snuck in as like the eleventh highest scoring team as the sixth seed and won it. Well, tied last year. They'd agreed on a split championship, which we don't need to go down that road because that's not this. We league. won't go down that road, but um, no, it has nothing to do with it. I'm a little salty because uh, I've got a sheet with my rankings and I had him very high and I didn't take him because I flipped a coin incorrectly. But anyway, neither here nor there. Who did you take? It has nothing to do with Billy. Zach Evans. Uh, Yeah, I would have made the other decision. I actually had Evans one spot behind him on my rankings. I I liked them both a lot. I had them close, though. Uh, Let's see. Doesn't look like there's any more questions here, you know. Uh, but I do see that it came up right after that, you know, Kevin's child. So congrats, Kevin. Want to give you a shout out there. Congrats, man. The birth Whole new world. world. Yeah. You don't um, want to deal with your team anymore. Trade me your people. I got you, bro. <laughs> um, okay. So now we will, I guess, end it off. Is there any other things you want to talk about, you know, from the off season? You asked me multiple times, hey, we need to do a podcast. We need to do an off season recap. And we just never you know, synced up and got the right time. Um, so were there any other things like, uh, you know, expansion of playoffs or, I mean, last week we touched a little bit on the taxi squad, any feedback on how that should be rolled out? Um, I'll look at the voting. So, uh, 2023 team play twice randomized IDP. Don't like it. I almost I want to get rid of kickers and defense if possible. IR expansion, don't like it. Lose points for QB getting sacked, don't care. Turn points for turn yards, sure, why not? Trade review time, no, don't care. It, to me, trade review, there should only be a veto if it's collusion. If we think James is just raping Ben, let it go through, whatever. Taxi we squad, did lower I'm it to fan. 24 hours, so. Taxi squad, I'm a fan of if it's, you got one or two people and you can only keep them there for one or two years and they can't be injured. So it's someone that is a quarterback that's benched that you think is going to start, whatever. I'm now, a fan of tech. Uh, well, with taxi squad, what are your thoughts on 
another team poaching from you and giving you compensation if they take someone off your taxi squad or your taxi squad only for you? Um, I think it's only for you. Otherwise, what's the difference in having them? Is it, well, then you get what, a third round pick or something? I don't know. I got to think about that. I, yeah, because of another, no, I like that. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a practice squad. You can take somebody, you get a, a third round pick for them. I like it too. But um, that, that I said last week, that's something that and the expanding playoffs, if we're going to, since taxi squad for sure is implemented next season, I, I want to iron those things out. I don't want to wait till the off season. So I think I like it. Somebody can poach for the round pick, but I think there's a 24 hour review and you can either put him on your bench or give him up. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. So no, I like that, but I would like a tax squad because there's players I really like, but I know they're not going to be good for a while, but I think you can only keep them there for two years. Then you put them on your bench. If someone poaches them, you have the choice. Um, okay. Rookie pick trading two years out. I don't have to wait till a draft, whatever. I like longer out, but not too far because it destroys the league. Um, two week matchups. Yes. Except the big one is I want to go to a 16 playoff. And the, the reason I say that is because yes, it's after league, but the two top scoring teams get an advantage, right? Because they have a buy Two, it keeps way more people interested. Well, the two division last... winners would get a buy. Okay. Two division winners. But then last year we knew the three people and it was me, Keenan and Griffey, I think fighting for it, but everyone else who cares, right? So it keeps more people engaged. Once you're in the playoffs, something wild can happen. But granted, like Tyler's probably going to win regardless. If a six seed gets in, Kenny sneaks in or something like that, it's good. Gives him morale. He, he's now more aggressively going to trade for players because he thinks he has a chance, right? As opposed to you get sixth place and you don't make the playoffs. All right, am I tanking? Whatever. Sixth place, I make the playoffs. All right, I'm going for it. So it everything I want in the rules is to promote trades, movement, owner engagement. And I think the longer people have hope that they can make the playoffs because anything can happen there, the more engaged they are. So that's why I'm for it. So do you think every week of it should be one week matchups, including the finals? Make it like yeah. a Super Bowl best team win. I agree. Okay. And it, it, again, the more March Madness, everyone loves those Cinderella. Like, who cares? Billy's done it in our other league a thousand times. No one else has because, again, horseshoe of his ass. But yeah, no, I like <laughs> it. Like, who cares? Then we got more teams on this like championship versus the same two, three teams. Okay. Um, any of these other ones you want to talk about, or you want to just go into uh, future predictions? Let's do a prediction because I got to pee really bad. Um. Well, let's I'm gonna go run. through. Week All right, I'll, I'll give the game. I'll give mine, and then you tell me yours. We'll rapid well, fire. Well, who's who's our game of the week? We never vote on that anymore, so Ooh. we save it for last. Let's <laughs> see. Let me look at the schedule. Because uh... all the top teams are playing the bottom teams. We got one verse nine, two verse ten, three verse eleven, four verse seven, yep. five verse twelve, Tyler's six verse eight. Win. You're going to win. It's so got to be Eddie Andrew. versus Jonathan. Um, what about Andrew and Kevin? Or Andrew and Kevin? We were oh, no, you about... know what? Teddy Jonathan. You're right. Teddy Jonathan is game of the week. We'll save that for last. 
All right. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, I've got Keenan and Sam. I'm going Sam. Uh, I let me hold on. Let me go over there. Uh, I'm going Sam too. All right, Tyler and David. Tyler. Yep. I mean that one's obvious. Uh, Andrew and Kevin. This one's close. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kevin actually. Let me look at their matchups. I am also going to go Kevin. Yeah. We should keep track of these like uh like game day. You're gonna be the the celebrity guest picker. Yeah. But then again, All everyone right. only comes on like you know once a yeah, whatever. Everyone comes on once a season. I'm actually going off a side note here. I was looking at how many times each person's joined the podcast. I've been on it now. Um, this is my 13th podcast. You, this is your fifth. Nice. No one else has done more than two. Tyler, Andrew, and Ben each. That was Ben's second yesterday, and Tyler and Andrew each did two. Kenny, Bowie, Billy, Teddy, David, Keenan, and Kevin have all done one, and Jonathan still hasn't joined. Um, I'm I think like the la- I think, draw. I think last year, I uh, I would say a lot each week. I was like, Jonathan, if you're listening, just say something in the group. We don't have you on, and he never listened, so he never joined. But I'm going to get him on the podcast one of these days. To be fair, I pay for hosting the podcast. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, we need, to, we need to put that in the dues. <laughs> you're going to beat Kenny. We can agree on those. Yeah. All right, game of the week. We've got Teddy and Griffey. Let me look at it. Oh, and current projections have it 50 50. And now their lineups might not be set all the way, but they have Teddy coming out at 136.2 to 135.3. But Griffey, you know what that difference is? A head coach. Teddy has a head coach that's projected to get points, and Jonathan doesn't. I don't want to talk about that. Um, I'm going Teddy. I yeah. Burrow's probably out. Burrow's not supposed to play this weekend. Yeah, he's on the fence. Reaggregated calf. Yeah, I'm going Teddy too. Um, hopefully Teddy makes the right decisions this time, because you know Brian Robinson's been crushing it. George Pickens had a big week last time, so if he puts in the right guys, I think Teddy realistically could beat even Tyler if he can set his lineup correctly. Um, well, if I couldn't do it, nobody can do it. <laughs> to be fair, Billy, for you, you're two points ahead of me on the year, maybe three. You're 2-0, oh, but the only reason I'm 1-1 one one is because I had to play Tyler when he put up 200. I yeah, I mean, uh, Billy – I mean, Tyler's outscoring Billy by 30 points a game. And me by 32. 35, actually. Or no, you by 35, him by 34. Yeah, I'm right behind Billy. It's clear tears. Tyler's one, and then I think it's then you the and next. Billy, and then me, and then and it's then you, Andrew, Andrew Teddy. and Teddy. Yeah, and then and, at the bottom, there's yeah, Teddy and Kenny and Jonathan are all within a point of each other, points per game, and then it drops off yep. real fast. Down there's down. like thirty point lines to delineate, but Tyler's clearly one. So the goal of this league is. Defeat Tyler. Everybody trade your best players to Ben so we can bring down Tyler. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, then I guess 
Closing thoughts? Suck Um, I did a bold prediction. I'm going to yep. wait on a bold prediction. No. You know what? My last one last year was Keenan would make the playoffs, and that was like very early on when we thought he was scrub. My bold prediction this year, Billy will not make the playoffs. That's a really bold prediction because look at Billy's division. It, I know. He's, it's Billy's going to win that division for sure. I thought it was in his division. No, you, me, Tyler um, are all. Oh, the same never division. mind. I, I redact that. I redact that. I'll give. I'll give you a more accurate and spicier take next week. Next week. So okay. Well, if if you don't have a bold prediction, then uh, I guess this is it. So let's get a second buoy, though. Suck it, buoy. Fuck it, Bowie. All right. See you guys.